From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. Hello there and welcome along to WIA National News. For we commencing December 27, I'm Graham VK4BB. We certainly do hope that you had a great Christmas. Now looking forward to the new year. The new year brings the WIA brings us to our 100th year, yes, the centenary of the world's oldest amateur radio society. Straight into the news we go and Czech intelligence says Saddam Hussein planned to attack Radio Free Europe. Now you may find this hard to believe, but Iraq's former leader planned to attack and destroy Radio Free Europe. The plot was recently made public by Media Network and the Czech government. Amateur Radio Newsline's Jim Davis, W2JKD, has the story. According to Andy Senate at Media Network, the late Iraqi dictator Saddam Hussein ordered his secret agents to attack the Prague headquarters of the U.S.-run Radio Free Europe and Radio Liberty. This to end broadcasting in Iraq. Senate quotes Czech Intelligence Service spokesman Jan Schubert, who said that the attack was ordered by the then-Iraqi leader in 2000. Also that Iraqi intelligent agents plan to use numerous weapons, including rocket-propelled grenades, Kajlovnikov rifles, and submachine guns in the attack. Schubert said that the weapons had been stockpiled for the attack after they were brought into the the country in an Iraqi diplomatic car. It was not known when the attack was due to take place, but Subert said that Czech intelligence discovered the plot and the Iraqis submitted the weapons to Czech authorities in 2003. The plan was for the attack to take place from the window of a nearby flat that the Iraqis planned to rent as an office for a fake company. The report certainly seems to indicate that good intelligence by Czech national security foiled Saddam Hussein's plot. I mentioned the WIA centenary. Well, Matthew Weatherly, VK4TMW, from the Toowoomba and Downs Wireless Group, scored a first for our WIA centenary year 2010 by having a photo of Milne Bay Military Museum curator Barry Wallace tuning in an RCA radio base station and an article written by Dave Noonan in Toowoomba's The Chronicle. Toowoomba and Downs Wireless Group tutor coordinator Matthew Weatherly's passion for all things radio reaches back more than 50 years. The 73-year-old cut his teeth as a radio and television technician in the 50s and has stayed involved with the industry ever since. And that's why he's so excited about putting Toowoomba and the surrounding region's radio history on display as part of the Wireless Institute of Australia's centenary celebrations. There's a lot to be said about Toowoomba and the Downs radio history, Mr Weatherly told Downs readers. We were at the forefront of experimenting with radio from about 1910 and some people were even doing it before that. In fact... VK4's, Queensland's first commercial radio station, was none other than 4GR in Toowoomba, GR standing for Gold Radio. A display of up to 40 transmitters and receivers dating from the 1920s through to modern times is being organised at the Milne Bay Military Museum, and the display will run from March until June next year to mark the day in 1910 when a group of wireless experimenters and enthusiasts met in Sydney and formed what was ultimately the WIA. Reese and VK7 sure think outside the box. 2010 WIA centenary call books are available from, wait for it, from the Caltech service station on Main Road, Moona. That's 136 to 138 Main Road on the corner of Amy Street. Well done, Reese. Sydney Hobart Yacht Race. Those who like to eavesdrop on the live action make a note of these radio frequencies and procedures. The radio relay vessel involved for the duration of this year's race is called JBW. You'll hear her giving radio checks on December 26 between 11.30 hours and 12.30 hours Sydney time on race frequency 6516. 
Now, just in case you didn't download the MP3 and you are listening to this in real time on the 27th, don't worry, just make a note of that frequency, 6516. When the race commences, any boat subject to recall will be identified by the relevant race committee signal vessel by radio on VHF-72 for the northern start line in Sydney Harbour and VHF-71 for the southern start line. Primary race frequency for all traffic, as I said, is 6516. Secondary, 4483. And 4483 is used for the 0005 listening schedules and used as directed by JBW. Now, JBW will maintain a continuous listening watch throughout the race on 6516 and also Channel 16. And daily position reports will be conducted on race frequency 6516 at 2005 hours, that's 25 hours, and then at 0735 and 1705s on each subsequent day from December 26. So 0735 and 1705, listen out on, you've got it, 6516. Now, in case of any uh, danger or uh, bad weather, etc., on approaching any coastal ports, boats will be calling the Royal Volunteer Coastal Patrol or Australian Volunteer Coast Guard stations on 2524. 2524, or if you're in the area again, try VHF Channel 16. Hams across Australia from the Gold Coast, I'm Kay, VK4VKS. VK1. The CRARC's new repeater system at Isaacs Ridge is now operational. VK1 RBM is now running a VHF and a UHF repeater system using new Vertex repeators. VHF repeater 146.725 MHz requires a CTCSS subtone of 91.5 Hz. UHF repeater 439.950 MHz, negative 5 MHz offset, no subtone required. Both repeaters are transmitting a CCTSS tone of 91.5 Hz if you wish to avail yourselves of CTCSS squelch on your receivers. The UHF repeater has access to IRLP node 6110, echo link VK1KCM-L. Two repeaters are running 25 watts output. VK3, radio hiking we will go on air until our batteries are low. Four members of Scout Australia Victorian Branch Scout Radio Electronic Service Unit will be hiking the French Island National Park southeast of Melbourne and operate the Scout call sign VK3SAT for the Keith Roger Memorial National Parks Award. Peter Fraser, VK3ZPF, Hayden McManus, VK3FRST, Marcus Berglund, VK3TST, and Adam Skemmel, VK3YDF, will be on air from 0400 UTC on the 9th of January until 0100 UTC on the 10th of January. The bands proposed are 80 metres, 40 metres, 20 metres, using wire antennas strung in the low trees on the island. As the team has to carry everything in backpacks to the camping ground, the transceivers are to operate a maximum of 15 watts PEP and will be powered from small sealed lead acid batteries. VK3SAT hopes to make many contacts and will be QRV as long as the battery power lasts. Details of the Keith Roger Memorial National Parks Award can be found on the Amateur Radio Victoria website. I'm Jim Linton, VK3PC, and you're listening to VK1WIA. Thanks, Jim. Now from the bottom of, to the top of the mainland, and it's to Cairns. This is VK4SIM. 
The Cairns Amateur Radio Club is holding a New Year Bash at Brothers Football Club on the corner of Anderson and English Streets, Cairns, starting at 7pm on the 12th of January 2010 to celebrate a new year. Bring your partner and offspring and join us in a sumptuous buffet that includes roast of the day, chicken, soup, salads and dessert for a sum of $18.90. Brothers Club members, $16.90 and $7.95 for children under 12 years. Drinks are extra. RSVP to VK4JKL at wia.org.au or phone 07-405-33137 before January the 1st. Season's greetings from Sunny Cairns. Over in VK6, the Northern Corridor Radio Group Incorporated officially honoured one of its longest serving members, Neil Penfold, VK6NE, at the group's Christmas party on Saturday the 19th of December. A large sign bearing the official title for the group's premises was involved during the party in the presence of more than 30 members and guests. The new title is Neil Penfold State Amateur Radio Centre. The new title recognises Neil's incredible contribution to amateur radio in Australia and globally, with more than 40 years service to the WIA at both federal and state levels, and more of 20 years service to the NCRG. It's a small token of the high esteem in which he is held by his clubmates and many others who know him both as a man and a tireless worker for the exceptional hobby he loves. VK7, Northwest Tasmanian Amateur Television Group Additional Net on Wednesdays. Another net is added to the club repeater system. IRL Pino 6616, VK7 RTV 2 meter repeater connects to reflector 9558 at 2000 hours and disconnects at 2100 hours. The Central Goldfields Amateur Radio Club in Western Victoria conducts its VHF net each week and if you are in VK7, no need to wait for the tropo ducting. Connect via IRLP. To accommodate this additional net, the AR broadcast schedule for 2000 hours has been moved to commence at 1915 hours, allowing for a short time to allow check-ins prior to the commencement of the GGARC VHF net. Well, that's a look at handmack tragedy across VK. This is KEVK for VK. From the WIA, this is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA. Home of the good guys. I'm John VK2JJW. Now you know, Santa's a ham. This story from the ARRL and news editor K1SFA. For 37 years, Michael Hicks, WO6T, played Santa Claus to hundreds of children. These children never sat on Santa's lap to tell him that they'd been good boys and girls and what they wanted for Christmas. They did it in a much more simple way. They picked up a microphone and told Santa on the air. Each year, Hicks, a ham for almost 50 years and a long-time amateur radio instructor, would get on the air for 10 days each December as W6S Whiskers 6 Santa. Unfortunately, Hicks became a silent key earlier this year. Hicks said that the first year he operated as W6S was a hit with the operators and their children. Most children, he noted, are a bit apprehensive of talking over the radio, let alone to Santa. One of the most challenging parts of operating was when he heard a parent say, this one's shy and won't talk. That was never a problem for Hicks. After a few warm-up questions such as, can you say hello to Rudolph? He said he could strike up a conversation that lasted a few minutes. He'd even heard back from parents that they weren't able to get the microphone away from the kids afterward. Mark Slater, WI6J, was Hicks's QSL manager. 
With the blessing of Hicks's wife, son and daughter-in-law, Slater is carrying on the W6S tradition. Mickey's shoes are so much bigger than I could ever hope to fill, he told the ARRL, but I know Mickey would have wanted Santa to keep getting on the air and speaking with the children. 14.270 MHz is Santa's favourite frequency. Put it under your Christmas tree for next year. Santa's a ham and a good guy. Now you know. The Wireless Institute of Australia paves the way for new amateurs to our bands. With education, youth and advancement of amateur radio, I'm Jason VK2LAW. Reg VK7KK, REAST Learning Organiser, congratulates Geoffrey Gibbon, Peter McHugh, David Bennett, Alex Whiteside, George Paramore, David Blair and Stuart Marshall, who have all achieved foundation requirements. Paul Hanson also passed his standard licence. Northwest Tasmania Amateur Television Group Monday Night Broadcasts. The current series of the Q5 Education Hour has again reached the end of its run with episode 45. The series has been aired at least three times, so NWT-ATG considered it's time to give it a rest and it's been placed in the club's archives for the time being. Another two new amateur radio podcasts have been secured and will replace Q5 for the time being. The first known as Low SWR. And second is produced by a 13-year-old Paul Shirey, KB9QYB, titled Teen Radio Journey, in which he discusses his journey through the various stages of studying and obtaining his amateur radio licence. Both podcasts are something different from the usual and should provide plenty of interest to the listeners. January 2010, AMSAT Kids Day on AO51. AMSAT... NA and the AO51 Operations Group will sponsor Kids Day on AO51 January 3, 2010. The event is open to all kids worldwide. Amateur radio stations have been asked to give this short time window to promote satellite operations with kids by actually showing a kid how to make contacts via AO51, providing a station to contact or stepping aside to allow others to make contacts with the kids. AO51 will be configured in the following mode during the event. Uplink 145880MHz FM voice. Downlink 435300MHz FM voice. Website info arrl.org slash f-a-n-d-e-s slash e-a-d slash kd hyphen rules dot html. Have fun and enjoy AO51. And above all, all readers and listeners of this Wireless Institute of Australia news service, a very happy new year. And a final reminder about Melbourne's Eastern and Mountain District Radio Club Special Christmas Foundation Training Course being held this Tuesday the 29th of December in the newly renovated EMDRC Club Rooms in Burwood. So if you or someone you know would like to take part in this course, contact myself, Robert Broomhead, VK3DN, by email vk3dn at wia.org.au or by phoning me on 0403 Radio in your inbox. VK1WIA. Now podcasting to the world. From VK1WIA, the Wireless Institute of Australia's national news service, it's international news. With thanks to the RSGB, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, the ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART and the worldwide sources of the WIA. Radio Amateur to manage the Hermanus Magnetic Observatory. Dr Leanne McKinnell, ZS2LAW, has been appointed as Acting Managing Director of the HMO during the absence of the current MD who has been seconded to the Space Agency in South Africa. Dr Leanne McKinnell is well known for her participation in the SARL Radio Technology in Action program, 
where she has made many presentations over the past three years. Now news from the RSGB and the Faraday Medal for Professor Sir Martin Sweeting, Golf 3 YJO. Professor Sir Martin Sweeting, OBE, FRS, G3 YJO, has been awarded the Faraday Medal by the Institute of Engineering and Technology, the IET. The medal is awarded for notable scientific or industrial achievements in engineering or for conspicuous service rendered to the advancement of science, engineering and technology. The citation said that Mr Sweeting was awarded the medal for his visionary leadership, satellite expertise, ambition and drive, which among other things brought the overheads involved in space exploration down to Earth. <clears throat> Sir Martin's work includes establishing the viability of the use of small satellites for Earth observation, communication and navigation purposes, and his founding of a company to design and supply small satellites to organisations throughout the world. G3YJO will be giving the 45th Appleton Lecture entitled Small Satellites, Big Future on Tuesday the 19th of January at the IET's headquarters in London. Nominations are now open for the 2009 ARRL International Humanitarian Award. The award is conferred upon an amateur or amateurs who demonstrate devotion to human welfare, peace and international understanding through amateur radio. The League established the annual prize, recognising amateur radio operators who have used amateur radio to provide extraordinary service to others in times of crisis or disaster. Nominations should include a summary of the nominees' actions that qualify the individual or individuals for this award, plus verifying statements from at least two other people having first-hand knowledge of the event warranting their nomination. Nominations should include the names and addresses of all references. Details appear on the ARRL website www.arrl.org and you can search then for Humanitarian Award. If you smoke and own an Apple computer, the company might not fix it under warranty. This is because Apple says it may void the warranty should you need to bring a smoke-exposed computer in for repair. The tech blog at Yahoo notes that in at least two instances in different parts of the country, Apple has voided the warranty and refused to provide repair service on computers exposed to environments where cigarette smoke has been present. Calling cigarette smoke residue inside a computer a health risk and a biohazard, in both cases, Apple customers have been denied service despite having time left on a valid warranty. Apple is standing by the decisions, saying the repair centers have the authority to make decisions like this on their own. It cites OSHA rules that include nicotine in a list of hazardous substances that could damage the health of someone exposed to it. Apple isn't formally commenting on the issue or responding to media requests for comment, namely regarding whether there's a threshold for cigarette smoke exposure beyond which a computer won't be serviced. No word on whether other computer vendors have the same or similar policies. More is at the URL in this week's smoke-free printed amateur radio newsline report. Those stories from the amateur radio newsline and the RSGB. The MP3s you can find on the web at the link on www.rsgb.org. I'm Jeremy Boots, G4NJH, and you're tuned to VK1WIA. From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1WIA. Operational News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ. 
Internationally, the New Year starts with the slightly inappropriately named ARRL Ritty Roundup on the 2nd and 3rd of January. Inappropriate because any data mode can be used to make QSOs. There's a maximum operating time of 24 hours out of 30, sections for high power and low power, and single op and multi op stations. Special event called GB2EI, standing for Great Britain to Ireland, will celebrate the reintroduction of the Swansea to Cork ferry. A similar station, EI2GBW, will also be operating from Cork. The original service commenced in 1896. Both special event call signs will be operational until the 31st of March 2010. VI3KIAH acknowledging efforts of those involved in Black Saturday bushfires. VI3KIAH will be at Frank Thompson Reserve, King Lake, 2pm to 8pm local, February 7. Antarctica Tour W2APF will be travelling on board the ship National Geographic Explorer heading to the Antarctica region between February 8 and March 5. He is expected to be operating under the following call signs W2APF stroke C6A stroke MM while on board the ship National Geographic Explorer W2APF stroke KC4 while in the Antarctic Territories VP8DML while in the Falkland Islands QSL all activity via W2APF Hey, what's that path profiler? We often talk about the effects of hills, etc. that are between our various locations. Now a nifty website that can map out the rises and falls in the land between two points and also determine the distance involved. Click on the two points for which you want the profile, then click on Draw Profile. The resulting graph is drawn left to right from the first point clicked to the second point clicked. You can choose a path anywhere in the world. For example, across Switzerland, the Himalayas, the Panama Canal, or even the entire landmass of EK. The Path Profiler webpage does use Google Maps, so you'll need to click and drag the map and zoom in and out quite carefully in order to locate the two endpoints of your path. Now to wireless weather. Two new sunspot groups for Christmas and the New Year. It looks like we have two new sunspot groups in time for the festive season joining group 1035 to give three visible at the same time. The new sunspot groups 1036 and 1037 look like an upturn of solar activity for the new year. With the increased sunspot count, we should see improved propagation conditions on 21, 24 and 28 MHz. Looking further ahead to the next 12 months, we will still be in the sunspot minimum phase. Smooth sunspot numbers are expected to continue to rise gradually. Solar activity on the whole will be very low. However, occasionally activity will increase, maybe up to moderate levels. Geomagnetic activity should be mostly quiet with just the occasional increase due to small coronal holes and even rarer coronal mass ejections. For those who would like to keep up to date with the latest solar activity news over the Christmas break, they can do so by visiting the Spots and Flares Forum and Messaging Board, which will be updated regularly and is administered by Neil G0CAS. Also check solarcycle24.com. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ Inningham. Counting down to our centenary, we are the Wireless Institute of Australia, the world's oldest amateur radio society. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group News. Worldwide Special Interest Group's ATV, making the future, what DIY culture is telling us about tomorrow. YouTube has a 49-minute presentation by the editor-at-large of Make Magazine on what the growing DIY culture and changing manufacturing technologies could lead to in the future. Watch Making the Future, what DIY culture is telling us about tomorrow.
YouTube Marconi Brookmans Park Transmitters. The Marconi B60345 50kW medium wave transmitters at Brookmans Park in Hertfordshire were shut down after giving 31 years of service. A video of these reliable transmitters is now on YouTube. Following 31 years of service, the last of the Brookmans Park Marconi 50kW MF broadcast transmitters closed down for the start of re-engineering to Nortel NX100S transmitters. They had produced a total of 240,000 hours of reliable operation and this type of transmitter is still in service at other stations including the similar 28kW B6046 LF version. Watch Marconi B6034MF Transmitter's final shutdown at Brookmans Park Transmitting Station. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier. AMSAT VK Unofficial HF Net. A reminder that it's on the second Sunday of each month, November through March, 0900 hours UTC on 7.068 MHz. AMSAT China XW1 designated HOPE OSCAR 68 or HO 68. The satellite was launched successfully 15th of December from the centre of China on a CZ4C rocket. Amateur radio operators around the world have received beacon signals from XW1. XW1 has been coordinated through the IIRU Amateur Radio Satellite Frequency Coordination Panel. As XW in Chinese means HOPE, it had been requested that this word be used as the prefix for the new Oscar number. Congratulations to AMSAT China. And the latest official information can be found online at camsat.cn. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Rescue Radio. In South Africa, an impromptu exercise for Hamnet Gauteng South members... Now, Hamnet is the National Emergency Communications Division of the South African Radio League. This activity was held last weekend, and the purpose of the exercise was to determine and test mobile communication abilities in preparation for 2010. Hams help out with sea rescue. When Dave Nicholson, N2AWE, was stranded at sea off the Bermuda Triangle, he had no fuel and his 47-foot sailboat had sustained severe damage in a storm. When they learned of his predicament, Hams with Maritime Mobile Service Net, or MMSN, helped to coordinate with the US Coast Guard to bring fuel and a towboat to guide Nicholson safely to port. Steve Carpenter, K9UA, told the ARRL that he kept Nicholson's father informed of the rescue via landline per Nicholson's request. The father, who is 88 years young, was very thankful for all of the effort by the ham radio operators involved and for the time it took to keep him informed until the final report that his son and family aboard were taken safely into port, safe and sound. Well, that's all. This has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In VK7, it can be heard on the VK7 repeater networks across Tasmania and on HF frequencies from 9am each Sunday, followed by the VK7 regional news broadcast from 9.30am. I'm Tom, VK7TL. Rewind, a look back at our history. Newcastle earthquake disaster 20 years on. The 28th of December marks the 20th anniversary of Australia's worst earthquake that struck Newcastle, Australia's sixth largest city, claiming 13 lives and damaging 70,000 properties. It was a relaxing holiday season, a time for some post-Christmas shopping, when at 
10.27am, half of central Newcastle and most of the Hamilton District retail area were damaged. The first floor of the Newcastle Workers' Club collapsed, killing nine and injuring others. Four hotels and a number of schools also collapsed and many fine century-old buildings were destroyed. With all power and telephone services cut, the Wireless Institute Civil Emergency Network Wyson did an outstanding job, but more about that soon. Although only 5.6 on the Richter scale, the seismic shock was amplified as it travelled under the bed of sandy soil on which this coastal city sits. The wisdom before this disaster was that Australia did not have a significant earthquake risk. But since then, Australia's emergency management authorities include that type of disaster in their planning. At the forefront supporting the response to this 1989 disaster was Wyson New South Wales, a total of 63 operators carrying out a variety of functions such as providing communications for emergency services, rescue teams, visiting structural engineers through to manning roadblocks. Keith Howard, VK2AKX, now a silent key, did an excellent job filling the role of media officer for the state emergency service. All radio amateurs involved played an extremely commendable and somewhat inadequately recognised role in response to this disaster. I'm Jim Linton, VK3PC, and you're listening to VK1WIA. Well, as they say, all good things must come to an end, and an end of WIA National News for another year we have reached. Just as I leave you, coming up in January, February, the groups presenting this WIA National News Service... On January the 17th, from VK4, the Sunshine Coast Group, in February, VK3 on the 7th will be Amateur Radio Victoria promoting the Centre Victoria Hamfest, and on February, February 21, from VK2, the CCARC will be promoting their Wyong Field Day. So that's what we've got planned for you the first couple of months of the brand new year, our WIA Centenary Year 2010. I'm Graham VK4BB. Walk softly. We've reported, you decide. 